Hey there, this is Gregory Williams, and I'm the senior pastor of Transform Church. Welcome to our podcast. I hope the following presentation really inspires you to deepen your faith walk and encourages you along your journey. Enjoy the message. Hey, Transformers. So glad that you could join us again this awesome Sunday morning. And we're in this new series called The Dealer of the Light. And last week we started off the series, and this week we're actually going into part two. So I'm so happy that you took time out to join us this morning. And before we dive into the Word, I'm just going to invite you to pray along with us as, as we get into the Word this morning. So let's just pray together. Heavenly Father, Lord God Almighty, Father, we thank you this morning. We honor you and we bless you. We praise you and we worship you. Lord, we're so grateful that your presence continues to reside with us and continues to go with us wherever we may go. And so I pray, Lord God, that your blessing will continue to just overtake us in every situation and every circumstance. I'm praying for all of those who are watching this morning, that you would bless them and encourage them in the daily situations and circumstances of their life. Let them know that you are with them. Let them be assured of the fact that you love them beyond degree, that your faithfulness is there in their lives over and over again, and that you'll never leave them or forsake them. And Lord, as we get into your word this morning, I'm praying that you will just come and fill our hearts and minds with your word and your presence, that you continue to just lead us into the great things that you have in store. I pray a blessing over every single person. I pray your word of life upon every single person that's listening and watching this morning, that you'll continue to just be the center of our focus as we give you praise. We adore you and we bless you. We honor you and we thank you this morning. Bless your word as we continue to, to explore it this morning. We thank you and we bless you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen, church. So let's get into the word this morning. And as I said, we're in the second part of our series deal of the light. And so this week, we're going to go back to Mark chapter 5. We started off in verse number 1 last week, and we saw that Jesus crossed the sea to get to this one man that was possessed by a demon. And after, you know, Jesus cast out that demon, he gets back on the boat with the disciples, and he continues to come back to the shore that he actually left from. And when he gets back to this uh, this shore and gets off the boat, there's actually a large crowd of people there waiting for him. And one of those men is actually named Jarius. And we'll hear more about Jarius next week and really discover his amazing experience with Jesus. But as he gets off the boat, Jarius is waiting there and he begs Jesus to come with him to go and heal his sick daughter. And Jesus, of course, being the compassionate man that he is, decides and complies to go with him. And so they walk from the seashore towards the town And as they walk along, there's quite a large crowd that gathers and follows Jesus. And Mark documents this encounter on this journey with this one woman. And so here again, Jesus displays his authority over all kinds of sickness and disease. And what's interesting about this healing that's different from all the other miracles is that Jesus never actually had any verbal interaction with this woman before the miracle. Usually when Jesus has a, or does a miracle or does something wondrous, he, he talks to them or they come to him and ask to be healed or Jesus speaks to them and inquires whether they want to be healed. But in this instance, he doesn't actually talk to her at all till after the miracle happens. And so this is what Mark writes. So Jesus went with him, speaking about Jairus. A large crowd followed and pressed around him. And a woman was there who had been subject to bleeding for 12 years. 
She had suffered a great deal under the care of many doctors and had spent all she had. Yet, instead of getting better, she grew worse. And as Jesus walks through the narrow streets, they're packed with people come to check him out. The man who could do wonders and miracles. And as he and his disciples push through their way to this tightly packed crowd and throngs of people, they reached out to touch him, to grab him, to get a glimpse of him. It must have been like something of the celebrities in our day where there's, where there's tons of people gathered around just to catch a glimpse and to reach out and touch them as they move through the crowds. I don't know if you've ever been in a crowd yourself, and I certainly have. You know, if pushing through a crowd of people is not easy, especially when you're going in the opposite direction. And it's hard to navigate through because they're so tightly packed together that it's difficult to push your way through. And when I used to work in the city, I'd have to take the train down. And every morning, you know, it was quite an ordeal to get onto the train, to push your way through the crowd. And if by some miracle you happen to get a seat as you go along this journey, you'd have to actually get up from your seat two or three stops before your actual stop to try and push through to get to the exit of the train. Because if you didn't, and the train stopped and you weren't able to get to the door because of the crowds of people, you know, the doors closed and you're whisked away to the next stop. And so you have to actually plan to get out of your street and to the door before your stop arrives. And sometimes in life, we, we all feel like that, don't we? We're pushing against the grain. It feels like life just carries us along the way and we have to push against the trends and the, the pressures of our world. And it becomes quite exhausting just to keep up. This woman would have found herself in a very similar situation when she decided to approach Jesus. First of all, she was not supposed to be there. She was considered unclean by the culture she was living in and was not allowed to be around people. It was an early form of social distancing. She had a sickness and no one wanted to catch it and they stayed well away from her. The Gospels say that she had a discharge of blood, which denotes a chronic internal bleeding, maybe from a tumor or other disease. Common practice for people of the day would be to consult many doctors, and there was not very good medical insight in that time, and, and the supposed cures might have been conflicting because they would have given different advice. Some of them might have been abusive in terms of, you know, what you had to actually do, and many times it would have actually made the condition worse, which we can read it did get worse. Luke who was a physician himself in his account of this exact situation, notes that this condition was actually incurable. She was destined to die from this disease. Nevertheless, she is someone of means, as the scriptures say, and had spent a lot of money running from one supposed doctor to another. It seems she would have spent quite a bit of money, and it cost her a lot, and she spent all of her resources on trying to find a cure for her sickness. And it's been 12 long years of suffering and hoping, looking for something to hold on to. And yet in all of her endeavors, nothing has brought her healing. In fact, as it says, it drew worse and worse and worse. And she was in a desperate situation. The more desperate she got, the more she spent all of her money 
until she had nothing left and she had no results as well. It is perhaps out of sheer desperation and frustration that she actually resorts to Jesus. Maybe she had heard about this miracle worker, this rabbi who does amazing things, and she made up in her mind that she was going to get to him. What we do know is that she did not approach Jesus and ask him for healing. I don't know if you've ever been in a place of desperation. Desperation is not just a lack of something. It's a place that borders on the hopelessness. It's a desperate time when we resort to doing things that we don't normally think of doing. It's a drowning man reaching out to grab what, whatever's available to save his life. It's when we are desperate that we'll try things we don't normally think of doing. Your place of desperation determines your level of exploration. The last 12 years would have seen this woman's life spiral out of control. In the culture she lived in, she would have been declared unclean, which meant no one wanted to touch her. She was actually hated, and no one wanted to be close to her or even talk to her. Her life would have changed dramatically from what it was before she had this disease. Her family might have abandoned her. Her friends would have distanced themselves from her. She would have been rejected wherever she went. Familiar places where she should have gone or would have gone have now been closed off to her. What she thought she cared about in her world would have become unimportant. Chatting with friends, walks by the sea, lunch in the market, all these things in the past that might have meant something or she had something to look forward to now became meaningless in the face of her sickness and this lack of a cure. Her world was a world of rejection from people, from things, and even from healing. I don't know if you've ever felt the pain of rejection. It's a cold and hollow feeling. It makes you feel small. It makes you question who you are. It makes you doubt everything about yourself. It removes any sense of self-esteem. What she thought her world was had turned upside down. And all that was left was the constant consuming thought of trying to live another day and never doing which day would be her last. It's when we are in sickness and pain that we need the comfort of loved ones around us to to be with us, to encourage us, to show us compassion. But all she got was distance and hate. I've had friends who I thought would be there with me in tough times and difficult times who said they'll stay no matter what happens. But when it came down to it, they turned their backs and left. You thought there were people in your life who would be there in your corner, but they abandoned you when you needed them most. And what you thought of yourself, what you believed of yourself, came into doubt. Where do you go when everyone around you has left you? Where do you go when you feel your whole world has crumbled and fallen apart? She knew her life was ebbing away, week after week, day after day, moment after moment. It was slipping away, and whatever little she had left was going to be gone soon. Wandering from one place to the next, finding no hope in anything around her. 
No one would have cared about her. No one would have cared if she died. No one would even know. And she sat there looking out over the sea at the few remaining days or weeks she had left. And her mind drifted off. And she might have recalled a story of an old prophet named Elisha. And Elisha went out to a woman who had lost a son who was sick. And Elisha went to him and and touched the boy and he came back to life. And she thought how blessed that woman would have been, how blessed it would have felt to have a, a loved one restored, a sick son who had been dead come back to life. And her mind rested on her condition and the, you know, the fact that there was no cure and she was going through this tremendous pain of anguish, of suffering internally, as well as the pain that was going on externally. And as she was sitting there thinking about this, she heard people walk by and talk and as they rushed past her, they, ter- they talked about this one named Jesus who had, made the, who had helped the blind see, who had made the lame walk and she was close by that town, they said, that Jesus had just come to. He had just landed his boat and he'd got off. And maybe something started to happen within her. And maybe hope started to rise up in her. And she started to believe that if he can do that for someone else, then maybe, just maybe, he can help her too. But she was not allowed to go into town. She was not allowed to be around people. Her curiosity and then desperation kicked in and she made her way close and closer towards the town. And as she got closer, she heard the noise of the crowd and saw the throngs of people and thought to herself, how am I ever going to get close to him? In the streets, in times past, she heard the songs of psalms, people singing, and she remembered the Psalm 32 verse 30 verse 2, it says this, O Lord my God, I cried out to you and you healed me. And she made up in her mind that she is going to get to Jesus. No matter what, something jumped up in her. Hope started to come alive. It kickstarted her like a shot of adrenaline and she surged forward. There was some talking around her as she rushed past. People saying that this man was a fraud, that he was nothing but a charlatan. Others saying, who does he think he is? He's not God, but yet he says that he forgives people. Who can forgive sin but God? And she paid no attention to them because she had her mind fixed. She had her mind fixed that she had to get to this man named Jesus because she was believing that he was the hope, the last hope that she had in a world that was going dark minute by minute. And if she could just touch him, she could just reach out and touch him, she would be whole again. And so she pushed forward towards the crowd. She got shoved aside, I'm sure, but she pushed in even harder. She got thrown to the ground. She was weak from the pain and the loss of blood, and yet she did not give up. She crawled forward, people stepping on her hands, and yet in desperation, her hope pushed her forward. There he was. So close, she stretched out her hand as Jesus walked by and she managed to reach out and touch the tassels of his robe. Everything stopped. Her flow of blood stopped and she felt her body change on the inside. Jesus stopped, the crowd stopped, and time seemed to stop. He is the healer, she screamed in her mind. 
he has healed me. She wanted to jump for joy. She felt her strength come back, her life come back, her life restored fully. She's still on her knees, frozen. Jesus turns around in the midst of that chaos and as the crowd hushes silently, Jesus says, who touched me? And there, in the middle of this situation, the disciples must think that Jesus is asking a very confusing statement. What do you mean? This bewildered them. What do you mean? There's hundreds of people around you, Jesus, in close quarters, pushing up against you, shoving, grabbing, touching you, and you ask such an absurd question. Who touched you? But Jesus knew who touched him. And his question was not at the lack of knowledge of who touched him, but an opportunity to display God's glory. He wanted all of them to know that God is able to heal and to forgive. And there were many that were around him that touched him, that might have been, well, physically there or not physically sick, but they might have been sick in their mind and their soul. There were many that touched him and he knew each of them by name. He knew them before the foundation of the world, knew what was in their hearts and in their minds. Yet none of them believed like she believed. Sickness is not just a physical thing. And all of the people who look sick and feel sick, we consider to be sick. But sickness goes beyond the physical. It touches the soul of men, a darkness that pulls them away into their desperate, ungodly desires. A darkness that has the power to consume people's souls. We don't like using a word to describe it, but the word is sin. It debases men and women. It tarnishes the fullness that God gives us. It pollutes the human soul. Jesus comes to deal his light into our darkness. And this woman, in her desperate need, pulled light out of Jesus. There's only one reward for sin and it's death and all of its finality and despair. But Jesus comes to bring life and light to all humanity. And this woman in her darkness, in her pain, drew that light, that healing out of Jesus like life-giving water from a well. In Jesus lives the fullness of life. Out of that inexhaustible well of life comes healing and forgiveness and grace and hope. Whatever you need, it's found in him. He is the dealer of the light and he wants to distribute that to every single person. No matter how deep we have sunk, how far we have strayed, how long we have journeyed away from him, he wants us to come close to his light. Jesus comes into our world to give us life and light. Where are you in your life? Are you struggling with depression and pain? Do you have suicidal thoughts? Do you feel like giving up on life? Are you sick and need of healing? Are you emotionally distraught? Are you going through a difficult time financially? Maybe it's physical abuse or emotional abuse. Or maybe it's something no one can see because it's in your very soul. Are you tired of your thoughts, of feelings, of hurt and anguish? Or maybe it's something deeper. You've tried to do better and you fail. And you've tried to change on your own and you've failed over and over again. You feel like it's useless. It's easier to give up than to keep trying again. 
Let me tell you, friends, Jesus is passing by and he comes to bring us life and it's only in him it can be found. John tells us in in chapter 1, verse 4 and 5, he says, In him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. No matter what you're going through right now, all you have to do is reach out to Jesus. He will not pass you by. He will help you in your time of need. Whatever it is, whatever it is you need, it's found in Jesus. If it's forgiveness and healing, if it's love and acceptance, if it's grace and hope, if it's truth and clarity, if it's life and breath, whatever you need, come to Jesus. Come, draw from the well, the well of everlasting life. This woman drank life from the well of Jesus and was made whole. You can drink from the same well and be made whole. Mark continues in his narrative and he says this, Then the woman, knowing what had happened to her, came and fell down at his feet and trembling with fear, told him the whole truth. He said to her, Daughter, your faith was, has healed you. Go in peace and be freed from your suffering. And when it says that it, he came, she came and fell at his feet, trembling with fear, it's not a fear of being scared. It's a, it's a word that's in awe. It's in reverence of who Jesus was. She was so overwhelmed by Jesus' grace and compassion and knowing that he didn't even speak to her, but there's this power that exists in Jesus just flew, that's just flowing out of him. And she believed that in her heart of heart, if she could just touch him, she would be healed. And that's exactly what happened. Everything is found in Jesus. He is this well of healing and restoration of life and everything pure. He says this amazing statement, Your faith, daughter, has healed you. Go in peace and be freed of your suffering. Jesus comes to, to relieve us of the pain and suffering we endure day after day, life and life's moments of struggle, because he doesn't want us to be caught up in the bondages of pain and sickness and death, especially in the throngs of sin. He wants to set us free. It's in the time of desperation that we sometimes get the courage to do what we need to do. It's in the time of desperation that we're willing to reach out and to grab something. It's in the place of hopelessness that we look for hope. And none of us want to end up in a desperate situation. But here's the truth. Desperation is the fertile soil of hope. It is the breeding ground of a miracle. It is when you almost lose something only to discover how valuable it really is. This woman realized that what she wanted most in life, what she was desperate for, was a new future and a brand new life. No matter her past mistakes or faults or even sins, if you put your faith in Jesus, he can give you a brand new life. You see, Jesus came to remove the blot against our name, to pay the price for our mistakes, and to take away our sin. And if you put your faith in him, we can be made new and whole. If you want to really experience a full 
an abundant life, it's only found in Jesus. And all you have to do is reach out to him as he passes by. And he's passing by this morning. He's passing by your house and your home and your life and your situation. And whatever it is that you think you're sinking in, all you have to do is reach out and touch Jesus. And by faith, he will come and make you whole. I want to encourage you and let you know nothing is so far gone. Nothing is impossible. Nothing is that far sunk that Jesus can reach out and mend it and heal it and restore it. Wherever you are, friend, I want to let you know that there's a hope and a future in Jesus. He is the dealer of the light. And his desire is to bring that ever-powerful life-changing light into your situation. And sometimes we have to end up in the place of desperation before we reach out and grab a hold of him. And I want to let you know that sometimes we look at that as a bad thing, but in the context of being helped out through the situation we are in, we can only sometimes grab a hold of things when we're desperate. And so no matter where you are this morning, I'm going to pray for you and let you know that Jesus is the dealer of the light. And this woman, this life-clinching woman, she grabbed a hold of him by faith because faith is elevated when we are desperate. So let's pray together. And I invite you to ask Jesus to come into your house, into your home, into your family situation, into your troubling situation. We'll pray and I'm going to have some closing words for you. Let's join together. Heavenly Father, Lord God Almighty, Father, I thank you this morning. Thank you, Lord God, that we have this wonderful display of this woman of faith who extended herself beyond what she thought she could do. In, in a desperate situation, she reached out with desperate hands and grabbed a hold of you and she extended her faith and her faith in you, Jesus, brought her life-giving healing and restoration. And so in the same way, we can reach out to you, regardless of where we are and what we're going through, that we can reach out to you and you will give us life. You'll help us through every circumstance of our life. And so we thank you. I pray for those that are listening this morning and whatever they're going through this morning, Lord, would you reach out and touch them and help them through the, the difficult situations of their life and their circumstances, whatever it is, you know them full well. You know all about them. You know them by name. You know the very hair on their head and, and you know, Father, that you can reach out and extract them from all that. And I pray that they'll reach out to you this morning and whatever the situation is, that they'll grab a hold of you and pull out of you what they need in their life. So we thank you, we honor you, and we bless you. And we pray all of these wonderful things in the mighty and matchless name of Jesus. And we said, Amen. Hello again, and thank you so much for listening. I really hope that message has encouraged you. Would you please take a moment to subscribe to this podcast and leave us a review? This really helps others get exposed to this uplifting message. I would also love for you to share this message with a friend or someone you think would be really inspired and blessed by this. Sharing this on social media like Facebook really does help others also get this free content. 
I'm honored you chose to spend some of your valuable time with us. Have an amazing day.